Hey everyone, welcome to the my interview series. Just, uh, three podcasts in, so I don't have a name for it, but that's okay. My name is Adam Ponophobia Cogswell, part of the Trinity Force Network. I am joined today by Ryan. Ryan is, I, is it fair to say you're a developer? I, I don't want to call I you a wanna... video game developer, but is that right? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I, I honestly, I didn't have like your total, like your role title like I have other people. So okay, uh, yeah, my, my official role was software engineer, and now my official role is senior programmer. So there we go. See, programmer. Yeah, so you are a developer. You 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 know what you're doing behind the scenes. This is actually a per- perfect uh, podcast to follow up with the last one I did because we talked about dev QA and publisher QA. So it's great to kind of keep going down the rabbit hole and talk to somebody else who's actually behind the scenes and working on the product. For sure. Um, so, Ryan, uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself, uh, how you got started, what you, if you can talk about what you currently do or any of the projects you've worked on in the past, if you can't talk about that specifically. Yeah, I can't talk a ton about what I'm currently doing. I can, I can touch on it a little bit. Um, what people usually find really interesting, though, is my past and how I got into gaming. I've been told it's pretty much like a one in a million story. Um, so I generally, you know, like to tell it and, uh, you know, there's some other good segues with that. So, uh, I started out playing a game called Rift. It was a new MMO launched in February, 2011, I believe. I think that was early access. Uh, I pretty much fell in love with that. Like, immediately i loved it i i'm I'm an mmo junkie like i I can't get enough of mmos um so i got huge into that i started raiding i started kind of working my way up into the game i became a raider then i became like a top world raider uh and you know i slowly just did more and more i started streaming i started doing youtube videos i started making raid guides i started you know talking with developers for alpha testing and stuff so you know kind of to cut that a little short you know i was about to graduate from college this was 2014 and uh, it might have been late late uh, 2013 so i i basically sent a message to the developers that i already knew it was like hey i'm graduating from college soon degree in computer science you know all this other stuff and are you guys hiring and he said yeah sure send me your resume we'll see what they have to say so i sent him my resume i uh, went through the whole interview process and ended up getting hired wow okay so that's the that's the long and the short of it then uh, with your your experience of trying games, um, yeah, that's uh, definitely the short of it. <laughs> so let's then let's really talk about this because, as you said, you were the world top. You know, you were top in the world doing. Te- you were tanking for you know, I guess one of the world first guilds, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, really pouring your heart and soul into the game. So, what really made you want to decide to develop, other than the fact that you were going for school for it? Is it just because you loved the game so much and you really wanted to give back to the community, or was it something else? It was kind of a mix. So, like, growing up, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I got introduced to gaming at a really, really young age. Uh, So my dad got me interested in gaming probably, like, two, three years old. I was playing, like, Doom and Wolfenstein and Quake. Like, that's just how I grew up. Um, So kind of from an early age, I was like, maybe I can make games for a living. Maybe I can't. I don't really know what I want to do. So so what I did after high school is I took a two-year a degree at a local community college for game development and then after that i was like oh okay that's kind of fun so then that's when i went into computer science and uh really just the opportunity presented itself and i took it you know like there were other jobs i was applying for and i'm just like man that sounds so boring i can't see myself doing this and <laughs> it was just you know a, a really good opportunity uh you know career-wise and i tried to set myself up with it and you know it, it ended up working 
So for those people out there, um, and again, I reiterate, reiterate this with every show, is that the whole point of this is to educate and enlighten people out there that may not understand what it's like to be behind the scenes or be a video game developer or whatever it may be. So while you were working on your computer science degree, what kind of courses, uh, programming specific courses were you taking that you saw that translated into the real world? Um, really not a ton. So not, not gaming wise specifically, especially for what I do. Uh, so like a lot of the CS courses they make you take, like some of the stuff is really useful. Like, oh, here's intro to C++, here's advanced C++ with data structures. You know, like that stuff is pretty useful, but a lot of like really, really advanced stuff I've literally never used. Uh, like it just doesn't come into play in a lot of the aspects of development that I work on day to day. Maybe it does for some others, but for me personally, it doesn't. Can without i see i know i know that you've signed ndas and whatnot but is there a specific coding language or is it a mix of a bunch of coding languages when it comes to you know programming these yeah so i mean generally c plus and c sharp are the most common uh just all c sharp is very common because unity you know unity is pretty easy to pick up and develop with mm -hmm. uh, and c is what runs unreal engine 4 so those are generally pretty good choices that a lot of companies have gone with. It's kind of just, you know, quick startup time. They have a good foundation. There's, you know, an engine there available if you want to use it. So, okay. And that's helpful because I think that might help people have a better understanding of things that they need to really focus on because, um, you know, C, C sharp. Is yeah. I mean, really, if, if you learn one, you can learn the rest. It, it, they're they're so close to the same. Mm -hmm. You know, they all have their own nuances and things you have to learn and their own syntax. But that's stuff you're going to pick up over over time. If you get the base down, you're generally going to be set. So you know, like learn object oriented programming, learn inheritance, learn classes, learn you know basic data structures, and then those will all translate with you to pretty much all the other programming languages that you use. So. When you're when you are developing for a game and you know you're putting uh, tasks together, right? I'm assuming that you're kind of using some kind of workflow where you're given some kind of task to work on today, right? Like, yes, you know, build. I I guess I talk about. Can you talk a little more about that? You know, like what the workflow is like behind the scenes, what kind of tasks you're given. You can use generic examples if you need to. Uh, I can go into specifics if you want. So. Yeah. Uh, th this might be in too much in detail. If it is, stop me. But uh, back at Tryon, we use Jira, which is just a task management system to basically create tasks and track them and then assign them out to other people. So generally, a day for me would be, okay, open up Jira, check what my assigned tasks are, look at their priority level, because you can sort them based on like, oh, this is super important, or oh, this is you know a really low impact bug that isn't gonna have a major effect if i don't fix it right away so you know based on that i'll open up jira take a look uh kind of pick and choose you know what i might want to be working on you know if i only have like an hour or two left in the day i might pick something really short if it's the beginning of a day i might you know start a really long task so it really varies based on you know what needs to be done the priority of and the priority of everything else for the most part yeah we, we so, I, I talked about jira and the agile work process actually in another <clears> podcast we did um, and it sounds like a lot of video game developers are uh, taking on agile, uh, mm -hmm. that, that style of workflow. Yeah. And then, and then there's, you know, also some cases where, you know, a designer comes up, he's like, hey, I need this really involved system to be, you know, implemented into the game. Here's the design spec, you know, go tell me if there's any questions. And, you know, I might just spend a month, two months, three months just on that system. And that's all I do. So it, it, it can really vary from, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month. Gotcha. 
That's that's cool. And I'm assuming you're working side by side with uh, the graphic artists and whatnot, right? To put the world, uh, put a world together, or to you put assets together. It depends on what I'm making. Uh, a lot of the systems I've made in the past haven't really required any UI. Uh, those that have required UI, though, I generally do work very closely with uh, the UI engineer, and the UI engineer is usually the one who worked with the art. Okay. So how involved is something like coding for uh, Rift or, or, you know, kind of an MMO, I should say? Very. There is an absurd amount of shit you got to know and be careful of. Um, I mean, just in general, you know, Rift started development. I th- uh, don't quote me on this. I think like 2007, 2008 is around when it started development, mm-hmm. and then it launched in 2011, and then I started in 2014. So right there, that's already like six, seven years of code that I just had to learn and jump into. And you know, part of the thing is nobody knows all of the code anymore. It's just you know, some of it is lost, which really sucks. So a lot of the in-depth stuff that needs to be done is like, oh, the system broke. Nobody knows how this works anymore. You go learn this from scratch and fix it. Oh, wow. So there, there is a lot of that. Um, and, and, you know, that, that will vary from studio to studio. You know, how old is the game? How many people do you still have around working on that project? That kind of thing. Right, and what is, and I'm assuming what's the code, you know, the back end look like? How well is it organized? How well yes. is it documented, etc. Cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I just that's kind of like the question I always had with these MMOs is, you know, how involved is the system because everything has to go on in real time and the code has to make up for that, right? Like I can't imagine yes. what it's like behind the scene to be shooting fireballs and moving and everything. It is a ton of code. Like it is you cannot imagine the amount of code like i worked on rift for four and a half years there's probably files i didn't even know existed <laughs> wow <laughs> and they were all of course moving some aspect of the game oh yeah i mean like you look at our like our commerce manager file which handles like all of our like real money transactions and buying and selling like that that's a massive file with it so much complicated stuff that you know not everyone knows because it's not something that really gets looked at every day right so kind of just jumping into that is just like oh here's you know millions and millions of lines of code so i mean to get back to your original question it, it's very very involved wow and so do you know what like the server structures and stuff look like that for uh, specifically for I guess Rift since that's the one you worked on? Um, I'm assuming you're looking at giant server farms as well now, right? Um, kind of. So our our servers actually were in Austin, uh, and I was up in uh, California by San Francisco. So we didn't actually like have our servers here. We had a network operations team mm-hmm. that handled all of that. Uh, but in regards to like actually like utilizing the servers and sending messages, you know, to the client from the server and to the server from the client, you know, that that was engineering's job to get all that, you know, to sure. work. Okay, that and that makes sense. I was just curious if you had actually been able to tour or look at the facility. No, I haven't. The the closest I came to that is we had some like, like for our our local servers, we would uh, or not necessarily our local servers. Our local servers would just run on our machine, but like our we had different branches for different, uh, basically different. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Sorry, you're fine. Uh, we we had different branches for 
basically the state of the game. So like we had a main branch, which was like really, really early stuff. And then we had a test branch, which could, which could get pushed out to the public test server. Then we had like a stable branch, which was like a week behind, you know, what our live servers had. So I've seen those servers cause we hosted some of those in our office, but in our like actual live servers, I, I hadn't seen those. I think that's the next type. I think that's the next person I have to go find. I'm gonna have to go hunt somebody down that's actually worked as like a server admin for these type of things because I'd be really interested in you know talking about some of that kind of stuff. Um, I know I toured Riot Games years and years ago, and I remember seeing like their com their command center right with all the live stats on the screens and stuff. And it was really cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I'm really into server stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I enjoyed looking at it too. I don't know. I know. I don't know if I can say any more about that. So I'm gonna get you know. Um, you know, zip it here but it was just as cool to look at you know they have all the live stats on the screen you can look at network usage and all that kind of stuff and um and yeah i'm a i'm a nerd when it comes to computers too so i'll, I'll, I'll shut up before we get too far off that. <laughs> no no it's fine i mean the the closest we had to that was like a web diagnostics where we could basically look at a web page that had all of the server information on it so we could see like who was connected to the server any server errors a, a bunch of other information like more more info than you could, could even figure out what to do sure sure so i guess let's let's move back into ryan the raider rather than ryan the developer uh, because i want to know you had talked a bit about toxicity to me in a private chat and i want to know about your journey from um toxic raider to now video game developer because i have to imagine as video game developer you can't have any kind of toxic relationship especially in a you know professional work environment oh uh, yeah of course so yeah, that, that that's always an interesting topic. So to, to step back, uh, I, I was really toxic. Like I was I was a fucking asshole is, is the best way to put it. Like I had no regard for other people. I said exactly what was on my mind. I, I had no filter. I just I didn't care. And I don't know if it was lack of caring. I don't know if it was just lack of understanding. But th there was something that just you know, I, I was I was really really shitty to other people and especially developers, mm -hmm. and that really sucked. Um, so I, you know, definitely tried to learn from that and uh, try to kind of teach other people, you know, the wrongdoings of their ways if I see that happening. Just because, you know, I know they might not be in the best place. I might, you know, they might not even necessarily know what they're doing and and how it affects other people, which I think was you know, probably closer to my case. So what, what made you turn around from being toxic then? I think being able to put real people to the names of developers. Uh, Cause before, you know, I'd be on the forums and I, I would see a name, but I, I'd have no clue who they were. And, you know, my brain wouldn't associate that it was a real person. I, I don't ask me why I have no idea why, but something in my brain was like, Oh, I'm just going to be a dick. Uh, and, you know, eventually I started getting to know these people and I'm like, oh, I've been really, really bad at these people. These are actual people. Right. And I know that's something that I've preached in the past on other podcasts that I've done that you just have to remember there's other people on the other side of the microphone. I, and, mm -hmm. and like it, you said, like, it, it's cool to hear somebody else say, I realized that on my own and I had to change my outlook. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of toxicity really comes from from passion which is really interesting because like i loved the game so much so anytime a decision was made that i didn't like i was really passionate about it and i i took it personal uh so i basically took that personal anger out on whoever was announcing it or the other developers which is you know obviously not a good out oh wow i had never thought about it from that point of view 
Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the toxicity really just comes from your most passionate players. At, at least you know because that's, that's like that's it's a, that's a really insightful way to look at it. And, yeah, you know. I mean, I don't know how true that is in every case, but at least in my case and a lot of the cases I've personally seen, it you know it really is just a thing of passion. Like I love this game so much, how dare you change this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Well, that's yeah, that's really interesting. People get so invested in something, and that makes a lot of sense. The more I think about it, because people can get really invested in their rank in a game or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. and that's where the you know when you start, or, or even their class. It's like, oh, why did you nerf this? This was good, or now I do you know ten percent less DPS. Fuck you, you know. Like it's <laughs> it's really easy to get caught up in the moment of that kind of thing. So moving in from that, you know, having this enlightened moment where you realize you need to be nicer to people how did that change uh, were you rating at the time i guess my very question did that change your interaction with people that you're playing the game with as well uh yeah i was definitely nicer for sure like I, I, there wasn't like a single moment i can think of where everything just like clicked and i stopped you know being the way i was and was nicer but it was definitely like a gradual change over time and it eventually just turned into like my lifestyle like i had just don't act like that anymore and i don't have to stop myself from acting like that uh like i think beforehand it was like oh let, let me type this up and then i'd like double check it to make sure i didn't say anything really really bad and now it's just like i'm just not an asshole anymore that's awesome that's i think a lot of other people can definitely you know learn from that and kind of just you know stop for a second before you press enter and think about what <laughs> you're saying I mean, I, I definitely did that a lot. You know, I'd make a forum post and I'd be like, okay, is, is this okay to post? Because, you know, I'd gotten a lot of bans. I'd got a lot of infractions. So, you know, that was part of it. I didn't want to get any more, but it, it, that was definitely part of it. So, God, I don't think I could imagine being a world first raider and beginning bans and whatnot. And, and being that I've been that person where you're, you know, you're that world first raider. Classic WoW was my drug at the time and and i could only imagine what it would like to my psyche had i been banned or anything because i was so passionate about the game like you were yeah saying. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I definitely got into some arguments like uh I, I mean i'm not ashamed to admit it i used to fish bot and rift and uh i got caught one day and i don't know what went over my head but for some reason i was rationalizing that it was okay and i just i went i went off oh wow i think most of us have bought it at some point in time so uh, from my point of view, I'm just going to say that uh, while you shouldn't have been fish botting, I understand why you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've definitely ran, you know, bots, like leveling bots. Again, my stuff was back in the day before anti-cheat and whatnot was around, so a little harder to be caught, but I get it. So, uh, you know, you're, you you reach out, you work as an employee, or, you know, you pick up as an employee with uh, Try and Worlds. Uh, what's it like going from not having any experience at all to being tossed in front of this code dump and said, eh, make it work? Very stressful. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it's just a really big learning experience, really. When I when I started, sorry, the uh, the first project I got put on, they, they threw me out like a, a week, excuse me, uh, sorry, like a week after I, I started working there, they basically gave me a project that took me like three months, which was taking the entire code base of Rift, which ran in Visual Studio 2008, and converting all of it to Visual Studio 2013. So I had to make it compile under all the new stuff. I had to fix all the, the property sheets up. I, th there was so much migration that had to be done and different you know, data manipulation and all this stuff that I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And this wasn't even like programming. It was just like linking files together properly. And 
I mean, like that was the first thing I did, but I mean, I touched a lot of files then and that actually gave me a really good foundation for what I was doing. Cause you know, that took me two, three months, something like that. And, you know, I had to go fix all these different projects, mini projects and files that just wouldn't compile on it you know, kind of got me a really good knowledge base for the foundation of the game. So that definitely helped out. Did you have any kind of mentor when you were with, when you worked with them? <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, really the mentor would really just be, you know, the lead engineer. He, he would, you know, help me out if I had any questions, which was pretty much daily. You know, I'd, I'd go up to him and be like, hey, I'm having trouble with, you know, such and such. Can you help me out? Or do you have any ideas? Can you double check my work? Stuff like that. Gotcha. And I bring up the mentor because um, it seems to be a common theme that you become friends with the people you worked with. Did you find that that was, you know, a similar experience in Tryon? Oh, yeah. I became very, very good friends. We were, I mean, that was honestly the best part of being there was just the, the people. Like, my coworkers were amazing. You know, we played board games at lunch. We played board games after work. We, you know, got lunch together. We went to each other's houses on weekends to play board games in some cases. Uh, you know, we had parties occasionally. We would go to each other's houses for like Thanksgiving and Fourth of July and all that stuff. So you know, it was a it was a really good time and a lot of really really great people. Very cool. And it sounds like the community aspect of the video game development world is there. Uh, the other people I've talked to have also said the same thing. You know, there is oh yeah, and everything. I mean, a, a lot of the advice I got like going through college and just starting out was like, don't burn bridges because pretty soon you're going to know people all over the world in different gaming studios. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't burn any bridges or anything, but, you know, five years later, it's like, oh, I really do know people all across the world now in different gaming studios. Sure. And, and hopefully you can leverage that, you know, as you move through, move through your career as well. For sure. It's, it's definitely useful to have. Um, what's it what, so uh with Tryon and uh, it's specifically since that's what we're going to talk about now what's the campus like at those areas is is it you know i don't want to call it a college campus but is it kind of like one of those type where you can come in when you want leave when you want as long as you're getting your work done you know do you have the break rooms etc is it more of like an office cubicle type you know setup yeah i don't want to speak for other studios because i have no idea but at the very least for Tryon, we were in like a, it was like a technology center essentially. So there were like a bunch of other office buildings and we just had an office building there. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, you know, like come and go as you leave more or less, it was kind of just as long as you're in by 10 o'clock and you don't leave before five o'clock and you get your work done, they didn't really care. Oh, cool. Just, you know, oh, cool. work 40 hours, be here at 10, be here at five, you're good is pretty much what it was. Okay. Um, I think a lot more people, not just video game studios, I see it a lot in other businesses too. The, like the flex time thing is really taken off. Where, oh yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I I, I personally have that. I love it. Uh, we have our core hours. It sounds like you guys did too. You know, ten to five. As long as you're there, no one cares what you do. Other yeah, and, and even then, that's flexible. It's like, oh, I have a doctor's appointment. I'll be in at eleven. You know, no one cares. Just you know, you have a doctor's appointment. Just go. Be an adult. You know, right. pretty <laughs> much. They, you know, they pretty much just hold you accountable to do your work. Okay, so you work for Big Red Button Entertainment right now, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Do you find it similar uh, between the two game studios? And I guess those are the only two game studios you've worked for, right? Try on and Yeah, Bobby. it's actually my the only two real jobs I've had out of college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so with Big Red Button, do you find this the same? Like you're you're a community, you you know, you have the flex time, you're able to work, and I know what I was gonna get to the question next, so this is gonna lead me to that. 
Okay, yeah, it, it's definitely very similar for sure. Um, you know, it, it's a much smaller studio, so there's, you know, I'd say in some ways, you know, we are closer because we work together a little bit more. Uh, in regards to, like, the Rift team, you know, I, I'd say it was pretty similar to, you know, how the Rift team and I were. Uh, in regards to like how well we knew each other and, and got along and the camaraderie and stuff like that. So this is the question that I was trying to rack my brain for. I, f- I read a lot of stuff on Twitter from time to time about what people assume video game, the game industry is like, or there's like, you know, media reports of Kotaku or Polygon or whatever, um, specifically in regards to crunch time or, you know, making things work is that i guess it's a little different because it's an mmo and there's not really a crunch time but maybe with your new company is do you find that that's there's any truth to that with what you've worked like i you're being forced to work extra hours you're being forced to work extra hard etc i've been very very fortunate and i've actually not experienced crunch at all in either of the studios Uh, some of the other developers on rift unfortunately did have to work a lot of extra hours so just because it's an mmo doesn't mean you're safe because you know there could be a big patch coming out there could be an expansion coming out uh so you you know some people did have to work extra hours and that really sucked i was fortunate such that i didn't have to some days i did or some days you know be like oh i'm about to go home and the server just crashed go fix it so you know those days happen i don't really consider that crunch that's just part of the job in my opinion right yeah that's not i don't believe that's crunch either because i have the same thing um excuse me um where where yeah you are you know you're told hey such and such crashed at seven o'clock and i gotta spend 15 minutes and fix it while i'm at home right um so I, I I think I just need to find to get it to get a real answer to that question. Somebody I've been asking everybody that I need to find somebody who's worked on some kind of triple A game that has to be out the door. You know, a, a modern warfare, a Doom, whatever maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to not have experienced that. So how do you feel that your previous experience with Tryon and jumping in there? Uh, you know, you worked for Tryon for four years. Do you feel all that experience really propelled you forward to work with Big Red and a uh, Big Red and Big Red Button? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I learned a ton while I was there. Uh, I, I, I didn't, what's weird is I didn't really realize how much I had learned until I had started this job. Uh, you know, I kind of took for granted a lot of the stuff I picked up along the way at Tryon. And I was like, oh, you know, this is how I do things, whatever. I'll just go on my way and get this, you know, finished and implemented or fixed or whatever the situation was. And then I get here and, you know, I get tasked with stuff and I'm like, oh, wait. I, I know how to do this or, you know, I've done very similar things in the past or, oh, you know, this is how to architect out this data and how to structure everything. So, you know, a, a lot of that can, you know, carry over even if you don't necessarily realize it at the time, which can be really nice. Is there anything you would have done differently before, you know, through the through the four years to try and now moving to the big red button? I wish I would have looked into how some of the systems worked on a little bit of a lower level. I generally stuck to some of the higher end stuff, uh, like the systems development, really, really high end stuff. But when it went down and like the details of like, why does this work? I never really looked into that. And I, I wish I did. And okay, that's that's I like that take on that. Do you find that you play the games too still? Like even after being a developer of Trine, were you still going home and playing Rift and raiding and whatnot? Yeah, I was actually still a world first raider as a developer, which was a very very interesting situation. 
did you don't feel like that brought any kind of vitriol or anything toward you did you because you know you're the world first raider but you still work on the game so some people might you know cry from foul. the players yes there were a lot of people who cried foul there were a lot of people who thought i was cheating and in reality i literally didn't even know how, like so like my account didn't have privileges and any of the accounts that i did that had privileges everything i do is logged like i'm not gonna risk my job to cheat like really right. guys um, but then other people are like oh well maybe he's looking at the scripting and he knows how these boss mechanics work and i literally never learned like even to this day i still don't know how a lot of those scripting uh how our, our internal scripting worked right so there is right. yeah there, there was there was no cheating going on there with the way that you explain it with there being you know millions and millions and millions of lines of code i can't imagine it's easy for you to walk in and go okay i know how this boss works i'm going to get uh, how many other players were there 19 other players 19 yeah so if i really studied it i definitely could have learned it i just i didn't you know i didn't well, it's, didn't not, it's not like you have time right either because you have projects you need to work on I, I would assume yeah, you don't I mean, really have time to sit down during the day and then try to study this brand new boss just so you could be a world first for oh oh for sure that that would have yeah that would have been something I would have done on my own you know free time if I were to do such a thing right but I, you know I still never really learned how those bosses were <laughs> they were they were really crazy that's really cool um, did you get to ever work on so speaking of bosses and stuff did you ever get to work on any of the mechanics of some of the bosses or any of the new ones that came out it sounds like you didn't no I didn't. Okay. Uh, were the other is when it comes to like an MMO. I know trying can be a little different. Were you kind of broken up into different segments? Like you're working on world, you're working on bosses, you're working on characters, etc. Et uh, you mean in terms of like the designers or engineers? Um, I guess I, I guess I'm confusing designers, engineers, and, and coders and developers, right? So generally the designer will like spec out the boss they'll figure out what the boss is going to do what the mechanics are going to be and then they're going to you know implement that and get all that scripting into the game using our editors and then the engineers are basically the ones who have to make everything else behind the scenes work so a designer might come up to an engineer and say hey i have a new boss that needs to you know do a 360 no scope and shoot you in the head right. and then it's the engineer's job to implement the 360 no scope and then the designer will use that within the boss fight how uh how, how many times did it happen where you wanted the 360 no scope and they couldn't give it to you <laughs> um i don't know i, I kind of tried to stay out of like boss mechanic development um, partially just because one i'm admittedly not super creative and i couldn't think of great ideas that would have been like really fun and part of it is i think they didn't want to necessarily come to me because that would have you know kind of been an unfair advantage. gotcha were you were you like the behind the scenes stuff i know you did a lot of the coding and and, and whatnot for it um you know, in the in the development meetings and whatnot, were you did you have any role in any piece of the game or coming up with any of the mechanics or anything that happened? Like, was there a mark that you left on Rift? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of marks I left on Rift. You know, one of the things th this isn't really, you know, like anything a, a specific task was, but uh, one thing we used to do for fun is we used to uh, use some tech that I made to make ourselves uh, PvP flagged against everyone. And then everyone could attack us, and then we would essentially turn ourselves into raid bosses and basically just become a player, or, you know, a raid for you know other players in the open world, which is pretty cool. Um, so I got kind of known for doing that, and a lot of the other developers did. But in regards to you know my actual work, 
some of the bigger stuff I did, you know, definitely let, you know, are still there to this day, you know, like, uh, I made a chat reporting system and, uh, I think one reason they chose me for that is because, you know, I knew toxicity, I knew players. So I, I kind of knew what to expect and what to look for ahead of time. Um, and that's actually the, the most favorite system I've ever worked on. Uh, basically there's a lot of database stuff going on behind the scenes. It can, uh, you know, receive reports. It stores a bunch of data, and it, it actually goes out of its way and automatically muted people's accounts uh, oh, for wow. periods of time. And then would email myself and production and customer service saying, like, "Hey, this person got muted. Here's a bunch of chat logs." Uh, so, that, you know, that's pretty cool. And you know, there's there's a lot of other major systems I've made that you know are still at the game and used every day. Very cool. So, a couple more questions because I'm only I've only got actually got a few left here. Uh, is there if there was a new developer that was coming in or somebody that really wanted to break into the industry, do you have any kind of advice for them? Since you, I know you didn't really come in organically, but still, you know, you've, you've been through the gambit of for four or five years or more now. Yeah. I mean, for new people, just getting yourself involved is great. Um, you know, an obvious foot in the door is what I did and get really involved in your game. And, you know, if they allow that kind of communication or you actually have an open line to developers to give your personal feedback to, you know, that's a great position to be in for one. Uh, you know, otherwise just, you know, study, you know, learn a language and learn an engine, you know, whether you want to pick up C++ and Unreal and make a game, whether you want to pick up C Sharp and Unity make a game, those, you know, are the two things I can recommend, but really just getting some kind of a portfolio and having something tangible you can give to somebody. Cause when you're coming straight out of college, most people might not have something, you know, they don't really have a resume that game employees are going to care about. But if you go up to somebody who's hiring and say, Hey, I made this game, go look at it. And they really like it. You know, that gives you a major step up against the competition and also just gives you, you know, really good foundational knowledge of, you know, what you should and shouldn't do in making a game, at least hopefully. Okay, very cool. Uh, I guess my, my last question then is um, a sort of a personal question for you. Uh, I know you're currently developing for another studio. You've got some time under your belt. Do you feel... Uh, he's on passionate, right? About video games. Very. That's literally my life. <laughs> right. It, it, do you do you see yourself continuing down doing video game design and whatnot for the rest of your career, or do you think you might branch out at some point? That is very hard to say. I, I've actually given that a lot of thought over the past, like even like month. But I mean, even even the past few years, I have. I mean, you know, one thing to note is for those of you who who don't already know this game developers get paid way less than normal like tech jobs you know if i were to leave game development and join like a regular tech job i'd probably get a huge pay raise but i would probably hate it and i i don't want to hate my job you know i want to come into work and say okay i love what i'm doing i like this game i like these people you know let's you know let's get this done rather than oh i'm coming into work i don't have anything in common with my coworkers. i have to wear a button up shirt every day or dress up every day to work. I have to be here exactly from like eight to five or whatever the hell the hours are. I get a, you know, 60 minute lunch break, stuff like that. You know, that's, that's not a thing in games, at least in my experience. So leaving the industry for me, while it would be more lucrative, I I don't think I'd be happy. Okay. And that's, and that's fine. Sometimes we just stay in areas because we're comfortable and happy and that's all that matters. Right. As long as we're doing something and, um, you know, I, I'm envious of people that can go out there and do this and do the type of work you do because um, I don't uh, like personally. I don't think I could do it, 
even though I am passionate about video games. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for being able to stick with it and, and continue to, you know, make awesome games for us to play. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not all good. You know, it, it has its downsides. You know, part of that, you know, goes back to the toxicity is, you know, I have to deal with a bunch of little assholes who used to be like me. <laughs> I have to deal with, you know, bomb threats, or I have to deal with people saying they want to kill me and my family, or I have to deal with just general negativity that I, I don't want to be a part of and have in my daily life that I'm pretty much forced to look at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that's definitely one of the negatives. Well. Uh, I think that pretty much ends it here. Do you, Ryan, do you have any final thoughts, final words, anything you want anybody else to know about, you know, video game industry or your time working? Um, no, I mean, not unless you have anything else in particular. I, I feel kind of awkward leaving it on such a sad moment like that, though. Oh, no, but it's fine. It, yeah, we get it. I mean, we've gone through the gamut of emotions with this podcast. Um, I think I'm going to keep hounding this home with every show that I do and, and host is that you know, these are real people. He's a real person. He's, he's doing his best. He's doing it because he loves it. Stop, you know, there's no reason to act the way that we do toward the developers. There's no reason to shun them off Reddit and whatnot. They just, they just want to help. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the time, part of the issue is people need to learn how to give constructive feedback. You know, there's a big difference where, you know, say you don't like this mechanic. There's a really big difference when you go on Reddit or go on the forums and say, you know, oh, fuck you. This mechanic is terrible. How dare you fucking do this? I hope you all die and burn in hell, which I've seen a ton, you know, or you can say, I don't like this mechanic. I don't think it is a fun mechanic for this reason. You know, oh, I don't enjoy doing whatever the mechanic is for whatever reason and then you know say i would prefer it if it you know worked like this or here's some other ideas that you can replace it with you know one is going to get you ignored and probably banned and the other is gonna you know put you in you know good eyes of the developer right yeah that's something that i've always tried to toe the line with um I generally try not to get out there and go, oh, this is a piece of shit. I fucking hate it. It's garbage. You know, that I'm not going to ever say, I don't ever say it yourself. It's just, you know, this, I hate this. Mechanic. Yeah. It's, it's easy to do when you're passionate about something is just, as you know, as I said, it's really easy to get caught up in the moment, but you just have to not. That's really the, the best thing I can say. And that is just, you know, think. So, Okay, so that I guess here brings up another question. If somebody was out there and you're working on a game, and let's say they don't like the way that a character shoots a fireball, right? It's not fun, and they call it a garbage mechanic, but they don't know how to make it better because they're not, you know, they're just not creative. Is there a good way for somebody to give constructive criticism to a developer about that mechanic they don't like if they can't come up with other ways for it to be better? Like just trying to say it's not fun and because it's not fun because it's laggy or whatever, does that? Sure, yeah. I mean, definitely. You know, if somebody says they don't like something but don't necessarily have an alternative or something else to say, you know, sometimes mechanics are just bad, you know? It, it happens, you know? You can go out and say this mechanic is bad. You know, that that's not necessarily toxic. It's just, you know, it, it, it's really about phrasing rather than, you know, what your opinion is. Gotcha. Well, rock on. All right, Ryan, I think I'm going to leave it there then. I think we're hitting about the 45-minute mark at this point, so I think we're, okay. we're good, to, good to roll. So um, thank you for joining me. Uh, if I, I, I'm gonna, I always leave it like this. If people have questions for Ryan, you can email me, adamc at trinityforcenetwork.com. Uh, I will relay them over to him because of uh, the NDAs and whatnot. A lot of these times it's hard for people to answer questions. Plus, I don't want to put you on blast. I know you have a Twitter, but... Um, 
don't necessarily uh, don't worry about it i'm i'm super open about like everything there we go <laughs> Uh, then, then, you know, just go ahead, go ahead and send us an email or send me an email and I'll, I'll forward it on. And then if you have any questions, you have any things, you know, you want some information, advice, whatever I'm, sh- I will, I, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. So, uh, Ryan, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. And, uh, sure. yeah, we'll see you or I'll see you guys in the next interview. Thanks so much for listening.